and welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. I'm your host, Jasmine, and uh, today I have a special friend. Her name is Marlene Cameron. Hi, Marlene. Hi. You've got, hey guys, you've got Canadians today. We're both from Canada. We were just having a conversation and we're like, hey, we're Canadians. <laughs> the three principles, people from Canada. Um, Marlene, just for the people listening to us, can you share a little bit what you do and let them know where you're at so those who are listening to you will be able to reach you? Okay. Um, so I'm in Calgary, Alberta, and um, I work as, um, as a business coach for, for professional women in business. And um, I'll just say a little bit about my journey as a coach because I took my coach training in 2002 and started off doing really traditional executive and business coaching. And then I kind of went over um, to an area called energy psychology and became um, an emotional freedom techniques or tapping practitioner and then trainer. And so I worked as a trainer and certified other practitioners for many years. And um, it was actually a, a, an EFT trainer in Vancouver who introduced me to the three principles. And so I've I've um, I've gone on to really embrace the three principles as a foundation for my work. Yeah. And the reason um, for for you, the listener, the reason why we're actually we're actually having an impromptu podcast uh, because we were just chatting because we just got to know each other. And as Marlene was letting me know that she was into the EFT emotional freedom technique before the three principles, I wanted to have a conversation about that because my understanding of the emotional freedom technique was that you had emotions that were stuck in your body. And as, as you were tapping, you were releasing the emotion. So that was my understanding. Obviously, I wasn't a trainer. And so talk to Marlene and Marlene realigned that thought. So can you just share with people who are listening, what is actually EFT? Well, Jasmine, it's um, emotional freedom techniques is based on traditional Chinese medicine. And of course, the, the, um, the Chinese medical practitioners for centuries used the little needles and um, discovered that these acupressure points on the body, and if they stimulated with the needles, that people did come to a more relaxed state. They called it homostasis because they understood when people were in a, a better feeling state, if you will, that natural healing could occur. And of course, we know that they augmented their treatments with with herbs and things like that. But the but the um, the EFT or the needling became tapping um, because we we just used um, select number of of points on the face and upper body that they discovered that um, when we stimulate them through tapping, we're very effective in helping people. Um, we called it releasing emotions in the body, but we now know with the three principles approach that all of our emotions are um, um, a, a product, a manifestation, if you will, of what we're thinking about in the moment. And so during the EFT process, we would have somebody recall an event that they found hurtful or upsetting or, or even frightening. And then we would tap on these acupressure points mm. um, with thinking that we were releasing the emotions, but 
but um, as Jasmine and I were just just um, speaking a few minutes ago, um, a different understanding would be that as somebody's tapping and speaking, they become more and more into the present moment. They're doing less thinking and become more um, more ob- observant or more or more um, observing uh, and. And you kind of have to you have to know where to tap, and so it brings you into being more attentive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's it's if we think about this now through the lens of the three principles, it's actually bringing somebody into the present moment and away from their thinking that contributes to their new sense of peace and well being. Mm-hmm. And and we've attributed that to the tapping, but. The, what the tapping actually does is bring it bring us present. <laughs> so it's so, it's interesting. So let me ask you, in your experience, do we store old emotions, old feelings in our bodies? I don't think I don't I don't believe we do. I mean, no. when I was in that that um um, teaching that modality, that was the understanding at the time. But you think that we're essentially energy, and the energy is shaped by our thoughts in the moment. So if we think that we're storing emotions, like where where is that stored? Where is, you know, it's like energy within energy, if you will. Like you think about an emotion being an energy in motion, and it's when we bring the event or the situation to mind through our thoughts is, is when we actually experience that emotion. But if we're not thinking about it, we're not feeling it. So where does it go in the meantime? Mm. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So those of you listening to audio, I'm just rubbing my chin right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, so So in, in the three principles, we basically get, like what I'm seeing more and more is that we get stuck in the psychology of things, right? We, we, we learn things and then we make stuff up <laughs> and then we believe that that's the truth basically. Um, And I'm what I'm seeing right now, as you're speaking, I'm seeing that I still believe in stuff that's coming from my psychology or my personal thinking. And that's kind of like keeping me stuck in that place. I guess, you know, um, because I really believed that there are emotions that are stuck in me. But as you're thinking at your as you speak, as you said what you just said, which you basically blew my mind because now I'm like, don't even know what to say. You know what I mean? That's like it's kind of like very radical. For me, I'm not saying I wonder if anybody else is thinking it's radical, but because when when I started the conversation about EFT in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I don't really 
use EFT anymore, but sometimes there are these moments where I'm feeling something and I'm like, but I'm not thinking, like what's going on? I'm, I'm not thinking, like, why am I feeling like this? Do you understand? Well, I've, I've, I've kind of come to understand that we have a lot of what we call invisible thinking. We're not always aware of our thinking. Yeah. Um, and, and also, one of the things I really love about the principles understanding is that we have a spiritual nature and a psychological nature. And the spiritual nature, of course, is formless. You know, we, we can't see it, we can't measure it. We, but we know that, that, um, that our spiritual nature is not um, impacted by our experiences. It's, it's like the witness or the observer of our experiences. And it's our, our psychological nature, which is very aligned with our physical nature because we literally feel our thinking that it feels, you know, this, this body feels real, you know, this feels like this is, this is who I am. Um, but if we, if we also keep in mind our, our spiritual nature, it's like, we're kind of like an individual point of consciousness, having experiences through our physical body. Talk to me about the invisible thinking. Tell me more about the invisible thinking. Like, what? What is your? Well, what we have. Your, yeah, but it's. I, sorry, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say. Yeah, what's no, that's showing okay. Up for me, it's like yeah. it's true because, like, like there's thinking that I see because I it shows up in my consciousness and I'm conscious of it. But there's that other thinking that is just doesn't show up in my consciousness. Does that make any sense? I think so. Because how many thoughts do we have each day? Like 50, 60, 70,000 thoughts. Um, you oh. know, they come through, I call it like kind of like the, the buffet on the, you know, on the moving assembly line, you know, but we're kind of in a, in a stream of our thinking. And so not, not everyone, you know, we're, we call it conscious. We call, you know, we call it what we're aware of a conscious and what we're not aware of is sort of our subconscious. So I know for myself, like I've woken up in the morning and kind of felt in a bit of a funk and I have no idea where that came from. But I also know that if I leave it alone, it moves on, you know, all by itself. Um, so there's something about, you know, we, there must be some aspect of our experience that comes from thinking that we're not aware of. Mm. Yeah. So if we could just really get, really see, really understand that the feeling comes from thinking, whether we know what the thinking is or not. And if we can really get that thinking moves, it, it moves on. It doesn't stay. It's not there to persist. Right. It's there to just move. So if you don't do anything with it, meaning if you don't look at it and say, what is this? Where does this come from? How did I get this? Why did I get this? Let it, like all of the things that we do innocently with our psychology, our personal thinking, with what we've been taught, you know, I mean, when we go to school, we're like, okay, why is this, why does this equal two? Well, because one plus one is two, you know, but why does 
X equal whatever equals 70, you know, like we start going into our heads and trying to figure things out. But if we can just stick with, you're going to feel it. The feeling comes from what you're thinking. Doesn't matter what you're thinking. It's going to pass. Right. So in, in many forms of treatment for people that have mental health challenges are kind of based on um, um, kind of our biology, if you will. So, you know, people are depressed because, you know, some, somehow it's a biological I- issue. They don't see that it's actually a spiritual issue, issue of spiritual meaning it's thought that brings the formless into form and we're experiencing our thinking through our emotions, our feelings. And so, you know, there's, there's still a lot of, of um, thinking, if you will, around this idea that our, that our mental health is, is sort of like a biological a product of our biology and not of, not of our, you know, our thought processes and our, um, you know, patterns of thinking that, you know, if you listen to a person who tends, who has a tendency for depression if you really listen to them, in it's it's quite amazing where they're focused. They're usually focused on things that are um, um, not ideal, um, you know, kind of a hopelessness about what's happening to the world. Um, you know, kind of they kind of see that the glass half empty kind of approach to life, and so it's it's you can you can see often you know, that they're experiencing their thinking in the moment, but they don't see that for themselves because they think that experience is coming from outside of them. And for somebody like myself that experienced a lot of anxiety, it was, it was my conscious or even unconscious thinking about not, you know, not being feeling competent or adequate or, or I didn't measure up. And so I experienced a lot of anxiety. We call it imposter syndrome. And uh, when I, started to see that it was coming from my thinking it's like oh you know it's like and even though i i um you know was very involved with emotional freedom techniques for over 15 years that anxiety didn't really go away until i understood where it was coming from mm. yeah i remember the first time me too i used to do a lot of ang- have a lot of anxiety and um it's funny because i still I have a lot of anxiety around money and I still do. And, but now when it happens, like, I just laugh, like, I just like literally chuckle at myself going, wow, like relax girl, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, you know, during the pandemic, it was like, I was logging into the government site. And I mean, just like, I would take, I would be fine. I would be fine. Grab my mouse. And then I knew like in my head, I knew I'm going to go on the government site now. (gasps) Oh my God. It would just show up. I'd be like, come on. Like it was just like this big, huge wave of anxiety just Mm. show up in me, you know, but before it would be the end of the world before this understanding it, like, it would be like, Oh my God, now I have to go sleep. Oh my God, this is true. I'm like, I'm I'm going to hell. I'm like, whatever I would make up in that moment. Um, And then I would just, and, and you know what I would do, which was, which now I see was my own wisdom talking to me. I would either go to sleep or go watch TV because then I would disconnect from the personal thinking. 
right? Right. And then yeah. by the time I'd wake up, I I feel better because oh yeah, okay, yeah, because I disconnected. Now I can just go, okay, let's just wait a little bit. It'll pass, you know. But it's I, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, it's still like there are some areas that I how do how can I say like I don't deal with often, you know, like I just don't go there. Some areas in my life, I'm, I don't know, like dealing with my father, whatever, you know, if I don't go there often, then I kind of, sh it shows up. And then for a moment, I kind of go, okay, okay, wait, 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 there's, it, it must be thinking, <laughs> you know, it, it, I kind of forget in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's a, how often I deal with that realm <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you see that for yourself. I, I do. And what came to mind as you were saying that was um, um, this, the idea of these, what we call separate realities. Like it's, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious that you and I wouldn't have the same experience of life because we're, we see things differently, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of what we think we see is actually coming through our conditioned thinking, our past experiences, our, um, you know, our assumptions. So, you know, if you, if you and I went to the movie, you might love it and I might not like it at all. So, yeah. well, that's pretty clear. But the thing that, that really fascinated me is that we have our own individual, um, levels, if you will, of, of, of consciousness. So like, say you're in a good mood and you're, you know, going somewhere and you get in the traffic jam and it's like, okay, well, it's a nice day. I'll just listen to the music and then you can be in exactly the same situation and you're kind of in a bad mood for whatever reason. And suddenly this is like a catastrophe, right? So you know, we can have such different experiences of the same thing based on our kind of our, our state of mind, if you will. And I found that really interesting too. So when we see people who have done things that we you know, certainly don't agree with or are unhappy with, we can appreciate that sometimes people made decisions when they were not in a good place, you know, in terms of their, their, um, their well-being, And um, um, so I, I find for me, I'm, I'm, I have more compassion. Um, I'm more forgiving, more tolerant, more patient with people who get caught up in their own thinking um, and, you know, act out in ways that aren't, aren't ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Lately I've been, uh, present to judgment um so i kind of had like earlier this year i kind of had this insight where i was a judgmental person <laughs> and i'm laughing because i thought i wasn't and mm. and then i discovered the bad news <laughs> that i was and who i was judging the most was myself you know and I kind of like it's funny as I saw it I kind of gave it up I don't know if it makes any sense yeah um, not I I still judge myself I have to admit I still judge myself but now when I meet people I'm not like it doesn't it doesn't invade my space I can be with anybody um and I, 
and I, I used to be with everybody, but you know, it was an effort. Now it's more effortless. Um, but what I'm seeing is how I'm not the only one now, now I can see the judgment, you know, like I, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking a lot, like, let's say we look at social media, what's going on with social media and a trolling and people being very mean to other people, um, you know, with things that they're going through and, and then all of the, the things that we hear and I can see how judgment has become like um, a norm that mm. is accepted. I feel like it shouldn't be accepted. I think it should be removed from us. I think it, it disconnects us from the love that we actually are. I agree. So, so how I see judgment is that it's sort of like um, what Cindy Banks talked about, the, the glass pane with all the scratches on it. You know, so you're not really having a direct experience of a person or a situation that's it's coming through your interpretation and your thinking and your judgment or whatever you will about it. And so when people don't understand how their mind works, they assign responsibility to the things they see on the outside, you know, another person's behavior, a situation, um, not understanding that their experience is actually coming through them. And you're right, it absolutely you know, interferes with feeling close to somebody, with having that level of, um, um, you know, feeling a nice connection with somebody. Because if we've got all that thinking in the way, uh, we're not actually really experiencing the the essence of the other person. Yeah. It it, it before before I came into the three principles, I was a lot about empowerment. You know, get your power. You're strong. You can do this. And it, it, I, it still associates for me uh, where I kind of go, well, if you're blaming somebody, you're, you're giving them your power. Like, like what are you doing? <laughs> you know, because you kind of like say it's their fault. So if you want to just be with yourself, own, own what you have, like, and then you can change it. You know, once you own your stuff, <laughs> you can see what you're truly doing, then you can be well what i found personally because i've been involved with this understanding for for some time now is the more i kind of understand how it all works some of those things are just taken care of in the process so i'm naturally finding myself less anxious i'm naturally finding myself less judgmental i'm, I'm naturally feeling more present and more compassion for people who are struggling with their own thinking in. And so it's just like a nice, um, you know, side effect, if you want to call it, <laughs> of, yeah. of coming to this understanding and, and really, truly appreciating how our minds work, how we experience our own individual personal realities, yeah. and really what keeps us in the way of really feeling connected. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that was a great conversation, Marlene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> so if people would like to talk to you, how do they do that? Well, my website is marlenecameron.com. Okay. And um, if they want to send me an email, it's marlene at marlenecameron.com. 
And if they'd like to, um, you know, give me a call, have a little chat. Um, my number is 403-209-2142. I'd love to chat with anybody who's, um, whose interest has been piqued by this conversation. Fantastic. Well, Marlene, I'm going to take all that information and put it in the description also. So if they, if it happens, they'll be linked. And to every, I want to thank you very much for accepting my impromptu offer. And uh, to everybody else, I'm going to say, dream it, dare it, do it, live the life you want. Take care. Oh.